Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 42nd edition of the Turnbuckle Post. I am Johnny Podcast, joined as always by my partner in crime, Mr. Jesse the Body. Jesse, how are we doing, bud? Uh, not too bad. Just got done getting some errands done, so now I'm uh, going to mow, mow my grass afterward and be ready to go to bed after that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, as you get older, man, sleep sleep just sounds so good. Yeah, it does. That's, uh, I just woke up from a nap myself. So, uh, Isn't it weird how when we're young we hate to take them, but as we get older we absolutely love them? Oh, yeah, no, man. It's 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 crazy. But, you know, you get a – you, your body changes as you get older. So, I mean, you need it. So. Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, today's episode is going to be a little less a little less structured than before. We'll still take breaks and stuff. Uh, we just have a few um, – we just have a few things we want to get through today. And Jesse wanted to talk about some uh, some of the events that have happened since um wrestlemania so uh we'll get through that and then we're gonna uh gonna cover recover uh kyle o'reilly and uh, adam cole uh, maybe give a brief uh preview for uh, uh blood and guts which is tonight um and then uh just whatever else we have time or think of to throw in um obviously we're all basking in the uh afterglow of finding out that eva marie will return with her talents to the WWE and, uh, you know, wonderful acting and uh, <laughs> terrific in-ring work. And... Yeah, let me, let me just give a, <laughs> uh, a brief backstory for people that don't know. So Eva Marie first came to WWE, I think it was back in 2011. It was, it was whenever uh, Total Divas, which is on the E! Network, started. She was cast as one of the people on that show. Uh, her acting skills were very bad on that show. She's just the way I the impression I got from her from that show was that she's just not a very good person, like inside, like outside. I guess she was okay, but to me, a person has to be beautiful inside and outside for me to consider them a beautiful person. And to me, she she just wasn't. I don't know if that's the way they pretend to do and to portray her, but she obviously wasn't a wrestling fan. She didn't get into it to to be a wrestler. I know she, she tried to improve, but she spent most of her time down in NXT with Nia Jax, and I think she was released somewhere around 2015, I want to say. And See. now they're they're bringing her back. I just don't understand. They had all these talented women, Billy Kay, um, Peyton Royce, even Mickey James, and they released them to bring this woman back that absolutely nobody asked or nobody begged the company to bring back. Yeah, um, I think it's just the the most recent in a uh, bad string of uh, WWE just not being able to read the room. Um, you know, we don't want. I mean, and, and there's nothing against Eva Marie the person. I, I don't. I don't know this person. I know that she. You know, uh, she runs her own fitness um, uh, business. That she. Um, uh, with her husband, and then they she does uh, acting and all these other things. But I, I don't see what that adds to your company. I don't see what value that adds. Um, like you said, you you have all these talented people, and I, I'm not saying that you know it's not a it's not an apples to apples thing. I'm sure Samoa Joe commanded a lot more money than Eva Marie is probably going to get. But why are you cutting ten people and then and then obviously this person has been added on since October. 
um, from from some reports. So I, I don't understand where the value is in that. And it's like last year, um, you know, you cut, you know, the, the Brian Myers and the Matt Cardona's and the uh, uh, Heath Slater and, you know, all these people. But then you bring in, you know, Kane Velasquez, you bring in Rob Gronkowski, you bring in these people that bring nothing to the product. Um, I mean, other than, you know, a, a celebrity endorsement. With, but with Eva Marie, you don't even have that. I don't, I don't understand where I, – I don't know who is celebrating that, that return in my mind. Well, and not only that, but she is one of the oldest women on the – eight years old. So at mm-hmm. this point – and that's nothing against her age. I mean, I know some women, as they get older in the business, some get better. But there is, there is a double standard in wrestling, especially with the women. The older you get, the less they want to use you. And the fact is, if they were going to keep an older – woman wrestler that actually had talent they should have just kept mickey james i think she was very underutilized especially on this second run and i can understand why she'd be a little a little pissed oh i mean that and getting her stuff sent to her in a trash bag um i think those yeah. are two things that uh you know combined it's that's not really a good look and and i think and and back to my bigger point of wwe not being able to read the room um you know people don't want the the sex and violence anymore um you know this isn't the attitude era i mean we've shown i mean i think as fans we've shown that we are supporting this product with strong women that have feuds that are based on you know uh character issues or or personal interpersonal conflict it's not always about you know having eye candy and and you know and i don't mean anything against even you know the the person playing even marie but but you know, to me, that's all she's ever been. Um, and I don't think it, like I said as earlier, it doesn't add anything to your product. Right. You know, like you said, as fans, we're not clamoring for bra and panties matches anymore or pudding matches or whipped cream on a pole matches or any or any of those other stupid gimmicks that they, they give these women wrestlers. You actually have a talented group of women that want to put on matches and sometimes put on even better matches than the men. But an example is this past Monday, you know, Nia Jackson and Shayna were defending their tag team titles against Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. They barely got two minutes. That match was so rushed. A lot of tagging in and out. There wasn't a hot tag sequence. They just completely did two minutes with it and, and were done. And Raw is a three-hour show. I mean, there's a problem problem there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, like you said, it's, it, it's frustrating um, because I feel like every time, you know, we take a big step forward here, it's like, it's like two steps back. Um, maybe they're baby steps, but there's still two steps that go backwards. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's just very frustrating. Um, and it's, it's, it's insulting, um, to, for them to sign somebody that is basically just eye candy. Um, I, you know, like I said, I, I don't care about that. I, I, I want, entertainment i mean you know i like i like beautiful women i don't have a problem with that but but you know i i watch wrestling for for talent you know if someone's not talented i don't give a damn what they look like um and that's unfortunately you know the last time she was here yeah uh, or not here but in wwe you know you have this um i'm sorry you had you had this women's revolution going on and then she's like stopping matches for wardrobe malfunctions and like and, and that was her that was her character like that was intentional right uh, 
that's like that's what you like you have all these women that can put on barn burner matches and then you have this chick that you're pushing to the moon because oh look her top fell off i mean and they they tried to do that with alexa and i mean we see that she's doing better now with a with a character than than with the you know the the eye candy crap and especially with not having a crowd i don't i don't know what the point of that is i mean unless they're going to start having ring card girls like the UFC, I mean, there's no point to have an eye candy there, you know, that doesn't add anything else to the product. I mean, right now, NXT is the one that still continues to book their women strong, and that's mm-hmm. out of any division uh, in any company. You know, mm-hmm. last week you had uh, against Mercedes Martinez, what was one hell of a match? I mean, it was a very, yeah. very good match. I know this past week they had the, which I haven't watched NXT yet, I need to watch that today, but I know they had a street fight for the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. So they are really putting a focus on great women wrestlers in that brand, but when they bring them to Raw or SmackDown, then they want to treat them like it's, it's just another example of events being way out of tune with, with the product and you know what the people want. If WrestleMania could have taught him anything, he should have listened to the corrections on certain things, and I, I don't know if he did that. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, I think it's hard to judge at this at this point in time, but but it's just I, I just I don't get it. Um, I know she has some kind of association with the uh, Parker Bordeaux, the the guy that they uh, just signed. That's supposed supposedly like another Brock Lesnar. Um, I, I don't particularly see it other than he has you know blonde hair and tattoos. But um, but I, I know that that's part of it, and I, I think that the idea going forward is for her to be a manager. But it's she was never a good talker, so I don't I I, I don't get it. Um, but. But I think I think we've probably said enough on Eva. Um, uh, well, I, I mean, if, if anything, it's, it's just the fact of, you know, WWE, like you said, they, they can't read the room where, yeah, it's great to have, have a beautiful woman there, but we'd much rather have a woman that can wrestle, that yeah. can, you know, do do great things in the ring than have a piece of eye candy. I mean, it's just that the audience isn't directed towards what they think it is anymore. It's usually either younger kids or people – in their 20s or 30s or possibly 40s that like i don't think there's a teenager error as far as as far as your mainstream wrestling audience goes where they'd be interested in seeing that no i mean i think that was where where the attitude era hit at the right time where the you know golden age fans you know were in their teens so now not only are you getting you know a wrestling product that you enjoy but you also are getting you know the the sex and the violence and the things that um, that weren't part of that golden age. Um, and, and now, you know, trying to recapture that, I think is, is like you said, it's not rigging room. It's been a, it's, it's been a PG product. Um, it's something that you can take your kids to it's, it's Disney. It's a traveling Disneyland show, um, you know, with the, with the, or a traveling carnival. And I think that they've just, I, I, it doesn't add anything to that. Um, come see the uncharismatic woman. I mean, it's not, you know, you don't hear a carnival barker yelling that. Right. <laughs> but, uh, so I think we beat that one to death. Um, so, uh, what, what other, uh, happenings did you want to discuss? Uh, obviously, uh, 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 before I, uh, now that I asked you that, I do have one more, uh, obviously last Friday we had a, um, title versus career match, uh, featuring Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, reports are coming out now that Daniel Bryan's contract is indeed uh, expired. 
at this point. Um, do you think we've seen the last of Daniel Bryan, or do you think uh, he's going to transition into retirement or end up somewhere else? I think he's going to. I, I think he's going to resign, but I think he's going to be more of a part-time role. He's expressed interest in that in the past uh, that he wants to be more a stay-at-home dad and help raise his kids with with his wife Bree. I mean, I, he's been very smart with his money, mm-hmm. so I'm. I, I, no, he's not going to have any money problem, money issues, especially since they're still doing the, for some ungodly reason, the Total Bella show on, on e-television. So, you know, they're getting money for that. Uh, he got money for all his merchandising. He's talked about having these dream matches, but I don't really know. I think his heart is always going to be with WWE. You know, he's been there now for the past 12 years. Um, so I see him going down to maybe a part-time status. I will say that that was one great championship match. It's probably one of the best smackdown matches of the year by far and, mm-hmm. and this is just paramount to the difference between raw and smackdown smackdown has just like AEW dynamite just like nxt they have two hours to get in as much stuff as possible so they they get through it but they get through it in a timely manner to give everybody some time whereas raw is three hours and it just drags on you get 15 20 minute promos because they have all this time to fill it's like put on longer matches Bring some mm-hmm. more people over that aren't getting TV time and put them on TV. It's just there's a there's a way big difference between Raw and SmackDown and the product that they put out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like you said, there's that time crunch, but but also, I mean, and, and and we've talked about this before. I mean, even comparatively, you look at the rosters. I mean, the last the last shakedown, you know, Raw took the Fiend. Raw took Alexa Bliss. Raw took um, I think they took Orton too um and they took jeff hardy they took i mean you know survival mode but they're doing it with these guys that are unappreciated um you know there's you know the cesaros the sammy zanes the you know obviously biggie i think they always had a big aspirations for him so i'm not going to say he's unappreciated but you know you had jay jay uh, main evented two pay-per-views um you know and you know, it was with his cousin, but he was still on the bill, you know, and and they continue. Like I said, they do less with more. I don't understand how these two shows actually, you know, you take NXT into it as well. All, all three of those shows are produced by the same company. I don't understand how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't either. It's like, OK, you, you've got one of your shows that is an hour longer than your other two. You've got a lot of time. Yeah. You've got a lot of time to, to get these guys in there and tell good stories. You don't have to have the same – like Braun Strowman was in three matches last week. He was in a handicap match, and then he tagged with Drew McIntyre, and then he was in the last match of the evening. It's like, was anybody clamoring for three – don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of Braun Strowman. Yeah. Was anybody clamoring for three Braun Strowman matches on Raw where that time could have been given to somebody else? No, and even, you know, to a, to a casual viewer like your wife, uh, you said last week, um, you know – the constant rematches it's like they burn you out why why would i ever pay to see this match on pay-per-view if 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 that was still a thing or why would i ever pay for to have peacock just to see you know randy orton versus sheamus for the five thousandth time right i mean it it just it just burns you out and i i don't i don't know why they they can't make a workaround for it i mean there's 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 no problem with having the jobber come in. There's no problem with 
with you know uh booking people differently where it's not 50 50 booking uh, it's just there's so many like little things they could do that could change the product but they insist on just banging their head against the wall of doing the exact same thing and then wondering why you know the ratings go up and down um and yeah nothing nothing feels special anymore i mean like you no. said they could put they could have guys do some enhancement matches like they used to do and then have no. have like a big main event towards the end of each hour you know keep keep people tuned in like they had example they had Miz and Morrison on there again I, I like the Miz and John Morrison but they had them do a promo where Miz is going on about his accomplishments for the 10,000th time it's like man we know we get it you're, you're trying to kill time but you don't yeah. you don't need to do that you don't need to to kill the time like that because when you're doing that like you said you're, you're burning your audience out and yep. it's just <laughs> I don't, it, it, it's it's frustrating as, as a fan because I want them yeah. to do well and they are trying some good things like I'm liking the Randy Randy Orton Riddle pairing up so yeah far that that's that's working pretty well yeah so, absolutely you know, they they've got that but then they just still keep having the same old things over and over again that just overshadows that yeah no and it, it it's frustrating and, and and like I said I mean and, and the great thing and so you know people retroactively you know uh talk about the the attitude era and i think i think the really great thing about it um the great thing about like you look at smackdown now uh even even kind of nxt um is you know they they have a great top of the i mean in, in raw has this too i mean they have a great top of the card um you know you've got your braun Strowmans, you got your bobby lashley's you got your drew mcintyre's but but the thing that that sets, you know, like I said, the Attitude Era, SmackDown, NXT, it sets all those things apart from the current Raw product is that that mid card is so well developed. I mean, I mean, I, I can't, you know, Sheamus is the mid card champion, but, you know, who, who are his challengers at this point? I mean, it's just been Mansoor and Umberto Carrillo who are, are plucked out of obscurity because they haven't been on television for God knows how long. So it's just, I, I think there's, there, like you said, there's so much that more that they could develop, but they waste their time doing the exact same thing every week. It, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. Well, yeah. And you bring up the whole Seamus with Umberto Carrillo. They could really build Carrillo up to be a challenger for him. But instead, he's been out there several times now and he's gotten his ass kicked by Seamus every single time. So it's like, all right, you're not building him up as a credible challenger. You're, you're basically feeding him to Sheamus saying, oh, this is your next uh, U.S. title feud. Well, no, it's not because you're not building your challenger up to be any kind of a threat towards the, towards the champion at all. Yeah. No, no, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it's just, like I said, it, it, it's frustrating. And it's, you know, we can point out the, the negatives all day. I mean, there's, there's a lot of positives going on right now. Um, but but that but that was just those are a couple of things that really just uh, well and and not not even I think we got off topic but you know with with Brian leaving I think I think I honestly you know to your point from what you said earlier um, I see Brian resigning um, probably just more as a creative uh, hand um, well he's been maybe. a big reason why SmackDown's been so good because he's on that yeah. creative team and yeah. he's been out there putting guys over and he knows how to put the guys over. Yeah. It's, it's where it helps where you put an actual wrestler on the creative team to kind of guide and help these guys who've, who've never wrestled a match a day in their lives. Yep. Yep. Uh, absolutely. And and as far as the WrestleMania backlash pay-per-view coming up now, they've got two triple threat matches for the raw brand. I mean, 
I think that's a little too much. I don't know know what your thoughts are on it, but they've got a triple threat match for the WWE title and a triple threat match for the Raw Women's title. It's like they they seem to love to book these triple threat matches because they want two guy two people in that match to be strong while the other one's going to take the fall. But sometimes it can just be too much because there's only so many certain ways you can do a, a triple threat. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that or not. As far um, as maybe them overdoing it. You know, I don't, I don't mind a, a triple threat. Um, I, you know, I think it can be done very well, um, depending upon who's working it. What I don't like is that the way that, uh, you know, once again, Charlotte is shoehorned into this. Um, obviously, I think that's part of what they're going with with her character right now. Um, is you know, she's pointing out that everybody thinks that she's just handed opportunities, and even though that's exactly what's happening in storyline. Um, but I don't, I don't like the way they just threw that together. Um, uh, it, it was just, I think it was Sonya Deville came out and just said, Hey, I mean, and, and her and Adam Pierce have like nebulous powers. Like, are they general managers? Are they direct or do they have a special title or anything like that? I don't know. But, um, but she's just like, yeah, since the men are having a triple threat, we're going to have a triple threat too. And we're going to, yeah. Charlie, and I'm like, okay, good job building that feud up. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's like okay, well, the men are doing this, so so we'll do it, and and we'll see, you know, which is better. It's 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 not a competition of who it is. I mean, no. And I'm hoping that Rhea Ripley's not going to be the one to take the fall on this. I don't know how she's how they've looked at her as being a champion since she's come on board. I know she had that match with Roscoe a couple of weeks ago that was a little they were a little off, but mm-hmm. you know, the kid just had an off night. I mean, we all know how good. Rhea Ripley is, so I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that they haven't lost faith in her. No, I think I think honestly, I think Ripley's going to hold on to the title longer, um, and I I think probably she'll uh, excuse me, she'll probably survive, and I think she'll end up going one on one with Charlotte later on down the line. Yeah, um, I see that being a SummerSlam uh, matchup. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. Uh, but yeah, as far as, far as like said, with, with Daniel Bryan, I. I see him staying and just taking on a, a part-timer role, uh, being more more hands-on with creative. I mean, honestly, it'd be great to see him go back to NXT for a bit. Uh, but you know, we'll 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 see. I mean, if we don't we don't know the future yet. We can only assume at this point. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's take a quick break and then we'll reset and then um, we can talk about whatever else you wanted to talk about uh, as far as news. Um, so let's just take a quick break, real quick, and then we'll be right back. All right, we're back from our break, and uh, Jesse, I'll let you take control here. Uh, what else did you want to kind of go over from uh, between WrestleMania and now? Uh, I mean, that was pretty pretty much it. I mean, everything I, I said before is just the the frustrating with the booking, but you know, they they are doing some great, great things too. SmackDown is doing more than than Raw. I mean, but just an example of that, like you said, with SmackDown, they're they're finding time to utilize guys like Owens and Zayn. And uh, now they've finally brought Alistair Black back into the fold, which was nice to see. So there seems like they're kind of reintroducing him again. Um, Shinsuke looks like he might be the next contender for for Roman Reigns. And then you've got Raw, like like I said, that just keeps utilizing the same people over and over, sometimes two or three segments into the entire show. Raw just continues, just needs to to be booked better than what it is. I I don't know. The the issue, it seems to me, to be pretty – clear but 
for some reason to them, it, it's it's not. Um, we finally did see AJ Styles and almost um, three weeks after winning the tag team titles make their debut on television, but we have no idea why they were off. I mean, they weren't even mentioned during that entire time. We don't know if it was COVID-related, injury-related. I mean, no idea, but that's just a point of these guys show up three weeks later, the casual fan, and be like, well, who are these guys? How did they get the tag team titles? I mean, there was just no follow-up to that. That that was a big frustration is that there was no follow-up to that Raw tag team title match. No, and I mean, it's, it's with anything. I mean, uh, you know, we as fans, we want consistency. And, um, you know, it's like it'd be like buying a comic book that had like a, you know, cliffhanger ending and then the next comic had nothing to do with it. Um, You know, it's just you want that 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 consistency of, okay, they're going to start this story. They're going to finish it Um, and and they're going to they're going to follow up on it because it's important. But but they didn't do that. I mean, you know, you had almost or almost have this big, you know, debut at WrestleMania. Uh, he, you know, was dominant and then nothing for three weeks. Um, it, it's just, it, it's, it doesn't put a focus on those tag titles and it shows once again, how little that means. And in, in terms of WWE booking, how, how little tag team wrestling is important. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, to AJ Styles credit, he's one of the fastest to ever become a grand slam champion. Um, so that, that was a cool accolade for him, but once again, it took three weeks to, to mention it. it. And that's just, uh, you know, it's, it sucks because, you know, those are the things that, you know, will help Omos get over as a, as a, as an act and will continue to, you know, feature AJ Styles. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's pretty, pretty great speaking of that. The fact that AJ is, I think one of the only grand slam champions to be both a Grand Slam champion on uh, WWE, and to do it in the short amount of time that he has, it just shows how good of a character he is and how good he how good he is in the ring. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, and how how valued he is by the company, and uh, you know, I I honestly, you know, we've talked about this before, but I, I never even I never saw him come into WWE. Um, you know, he had just he had become that indie guy. Uh, you know, he had. He has an accent, He's, you know, um, and those were things that were always dings against him. But, you know, to WWE's credit, they brought him in. They treated him like a serious character, and, and he's succeeded. And, uh, you know, credit to him, credit to WWE. I mean, they, you know, that was where one of those, you know, the roads met in the middle, and it worked out perfectly for everybody. Um, you know, that's obviously not always the case, but but I'm glad that it happened for him. So, um, Credit that he was that he was that overcome that 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 stigma you know that they let him yeah absolutely uh yeah and i i think that that's part of it too is he didn't have to overcome that um overcome that you know a stupid wwe name um i'm I'm glad that he got to keep that aj styles name um and you know i think think, go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, Samoa Joe probably would have been a similar situation if he hadn't had the injuries that he had. Um, but unfortunately, you know, that kind of derailed what he was trying to accomplish. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, do um, you want to uh, kind of do a talk about the O'Reilly? Yeah. Adam Cole? Yeah, we could do that. Um, so basically, uh, you know, I, I – 
I only passingly watched uh, Take Over the first time around. I, I actually went back and really in depth watched it. And uh, man, uh, I, I'll be honest with you. And the reason I, I wanted to talk about this again was because O'Reilly and Cole blew my mind. Um, it was just uh, it was just the most physical match I, I remember seeing in NXT. Really, I mean, and that's you know I'm the guy that picked Gar- Gar- Gargano Champa as my favorite rivalry. Um, but you know these guys, you know it started off you know as a fight, and that's all it was. Um, you know, and, and and the way that the NXT produced that entire uh, entire storyline that night. Of, of takeover was incredible um you know keeping them apart having security around them in their locker rooms you know keeping them apart before until wwe basically said hey we're washing our hands of what happens here because o'reilly's not cleared to wrestle and um you know he came out and and he actually you know he met cole's intensity and that's that's a hard thing to do but uh i i love that match man uh just just great a great uh uh, contrast and styles, you know, Cole's this, Cole is a, a quintessential sports entertainer. Um, he's the guy, that's what you, if you throw that in the hopper, that's what you get. You get a little bit of Shawn Michaels, a little bit of, you know, uh, whoever else you want to think of, you know, and, and O'Reilly is this, you know, MMA, you know, let's shoot fighter hybrid type. And, and the, the stylings just matched up so perfectly. Um, and given with all the all the toys that they brought into the match, uh, I mean, it was just it was just like a symphony of destruction. Yeah, I thought the match was very You know, the clothesline of chain. They get some stuff that could be, but they man. Yeah, I think I think honestly, I think they're gonna build. Uh, uh, I think they're gonna build on to that that feud. Um, I mean, obviously. You know, I, I don't know where you go from a forty-minute uh, knockdown, dragout fight, but uh, but I think that um, I think that there's two guys that could carry a program and, and and up the ante every time. I think those are the two that can really do that. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it goes. I, I don't I don't know if that's exactly what they're where they're headed right now. Um, O'Reilly's emerged as a challenger for carrying cross. Along with Pete Dunn and uh, Finn Balor, so we'll see. We'll see where they where they book from here. I don't see O'Reilly getting another title opportunity this soon, so I would think that that'll probably go to like a Pete Dunn. Um, but uh, but obviously, uh, you know things things they still have time to work things out before the next takeover, which I would assume it would be around SummerSlam time, but I'm not entirely positive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they could do some unique things that, you know, NXT always does. Um, you know, they, they could even possibly do a War Games early in the year instead of at the end of the year and have them head up War Games matches or save it till the end of the year, kind of divide them off into separate things right now and bring them back together in a War Games match. Uh, I don't know what the plan is, but it, it's nice because I, I always have faith in NXT and their bookings. I mean, I never really 
question anything that they do and yeah uh, they're just it's just a very well structured product yeah no absolutely and like i said i mean like we said before it you know if you look at nxt and and smackdown and then you compare that to raw it's like i can't believe this is the same company (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's just so um you know multi-personality disorder almost like it's just it's bizarre um you know and 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 I'm, I'm not saying that out of a point of like, I have problems with booking, you know, I, I'm obviously, I like AEW a lot, uh, but I see a lot of problems with their booking as well. So, um, I, you know, I just, I try to give my honest opinion about things, whether I like them or not. Um, and, you know, I, I've always liked WWE. I've always been a fan of WWE, but, but, you know, in my honest opinion, it's, it's frustrating as a fan to, you know, to have these constant rematches and, and have these, you know, and all the things that we identified earlier. Um, so, uh, like I said, you know, just the, the physicality of this match, of the, of the Cole Riley match, and, you know, the, the booking of the takeover as, as in general was just uh, really well done. Um, you know, I, I don't think they could have done much better than, than what they put on, uh, you know, those two nights before WrestleMania. Well, and I, I think, I think if, even if it would have ended with Balor Cross, it would have been a good decision because that was definitely one of Cross's best matches that he's had since he's been in NXT. Mm-hmm. Not the best of him. It was just a very. I mean, Cross just pounded on him and pounded on him, weakening him to the point yeah. where move the left to that Balor was going to stay down. He wouldn't get back up. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great psychology and great, and like you said. Easily crossed his best match, um, and you know he's he's had some you know with uh, uh, Santos Escobar. He's had you know matches with a lot of different guys, but but I think I think Balor brought out the best in him. And I, I honestly I you know I would think you know I think Pete Dunne gets that opportunity at some point, but I think Balor's probably going to get a, a rematch opportunity first, uh, just because of the match that they put on at Takeover. Uh, definitely another great one. Oh yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to when Dunn and Cross, um, you know, they're they're past Cross. Or right? look at me, you know, in there. But I mean, when <laughs> when him and Karrion do, do eventually meet up, I think it's going to be a, just a very physical beat the shit out of each other match. I'd love to see him against Walter, see what he can do against him. Um, yeah. But Cross seems to me that to be now more of a tweener. I don't think he's really an established face or heel. I think it's just a matter of the more great matches he has, the more respect he's going to get from the fans. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like we say, he was a cool gimmick to begin with, but I think, uh, I think they're adding a lot to his character. Um, you know, the, the hands of hands of fate, his new finisher, I think that's going to be more apt to get him over than a submission. Um, especially because WWE doesn't like to do a lot of submission finishes. Um, you know, the, uh, I'm trying. I'm blanking on what he calls his uh, submission. Uh, uh, isn't that the straight jacket or the cross jacket? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so I think that you know there, and that's that's the reason you see like uh, like a Daniel Bryan, uh, like he changed to the uh, the running high knee. Um, you know, uh, uh, Kyle O'Reilly now has that. He does that jumping uh, knee drop into people's back. Um, you know, because WWE doesn't like to do those submission finishes, 
So it's, uh, you know, you see him adapting and I, I think that that's, that's better for their character to have that quick, you know, one, two, three finish instead of, you know, making someone look weaker by having that submission finish. Yeah. And that, that's the point I was going to bring, bring up is the fact that I think that's why they don't do a lot of submissions. Cause with a, with a one, two, three, it's like, okay, all you gotta do is keep their shoulders to the mat for one, two, three. It yeah. doesn't make the guy look as bad. Whereas if he's in a submission, if he's not passing out and he's got a tap out, that kind of makes him look weak. Yeah, to an audience, I think those should be used very sparingly and not as, um, like with the hurt lock submission. Mm -hmm. I think that is something where, you know, Lot Lashley didn't use it on Braun last uh, last Monday. He used the spear. That's his other finisher. So yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good to be that all around um, diverse wrestler that can put your opponent away with different moves. Yeah, and I think I think that's kind of the that's been the memo. That's been something that people need to realize from you know when they come to WWE is. Yeah, you may have a really great submission game, but you know they're they're not going to want you to do that unless it's a big stage or the end of a feud. Um, you know, I think Roman using it, uh, using the uh, uh, guillotine choke, um, uh, it it stands out. Uh, or you know, like you said, Lashley using the the hurt lock, it stands out because you know we don't see a lot of submissions. And I think you know, and to WWE's credit, I think that is a creative decision and um i think that that you know is is with purpose and it 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 absolutely works i wish they realized that less is more with other things but um you know obviously with submission wrestling they do yeah and i think you know that that brian reigns match the way reigns won with that uh submission that he does it, it was a feud ender i mean it was brian's uh, yeah. banishment from smackdown but they gave this match plenty of time went 30 minutes if anybody hadn't had the chance to check it out, I implore you to check it out because it was just a great example of, of great storytelling. And, the, you know, Roman, usually in, in a match, they work on the left arm. Like when they're going for a submission or trying to weaken an opponent, they work on that left arm because most people are right-handed. So when they get, get the comeback, they can use their right arm. Well, this match switched it up. Daniel Bryan worked on the right arm, and, you know, Roman had to readjust and, and use his left side of his body and his left arm to be able to put Bryan out. And that made it more definitive the able that he was able to win the submission by using the weaker side of his body. Oh wow, that's that's a, a really good insight on that. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's a nice uh, addition to that match. Uh, I, I actually haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, and and actually I, I was going to ask ask you. Um, so I saw an advertisement from WWE that they're going to uh, replay an old SmackDown this Friday. Am I did I misunderstand that or do you have you heard anything about that? No, it's 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 an old school smack now. Basically, what they're doing is like they used to do the old school Raws. They're bringing back the red, white, and blue ropes. Just the the entire setup's oh, okay. going to be more old school because I mean, the the advertised match, the only match they've advertised is a Cesaro Rollins rematch from WrestleMania. Oh, okay. So they're just doing an old school theme. They'll probably bring in some Hall of Famers like they've done with the old school Raws in the past. So they're turning it on SmackDown this past week. Oh, okay. Okay. Then I, I misunderstood what their, what their advertisement was, but yeah, they had a, they had, you know, the Davey boy Smith and jeans uh, wrestling triple H with the rock is the special ref or special referee. And I was like, they're just going to pick a SmackDown at Ram to play. What the hell's going on? Like, I, I, <laughs> no, they're, I, they're, they were just build, building up to the fact that it's going to okay. be uh be a more of an old school uh, type show. I, it has the potential to be a pretty good show. So we'll, we'll see when SmackDown rolls around. Yeah, absolutely. We know we know what uh, Seth Rollins and Cesaro can bring to the table. So, yeah, um, yeah that's going to be a great. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, 
Well, I, I mean, we can uh, we can take another break if you want, or we can just segue into the you know the final part of the show. Uh, just that the uh, blood and guts preview. Um, I, I don't really have a whole lot I want to get into with it, um, but but we can we can take a break or we can just keep going if you want. It's up to you. All right. Well, I guess we'll we'll just keep going. <laughs> I got cut that out there for a minute, but I think we're back. I think we're good now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say I think there's been a little bit of a, a lost connection on this episode, but uh, so I apologize for any sound issues. Um, you know, obviously we're we're always a work in progress. Um, but so um, so tonight, um, all elite wrestling presents uh, blood and guts. Uh, basically, this is a match that was supposed to take place a year ago. Um, and because of COVID restrictions, it was not able to, um, and was eventually replaced with the stadium stampede. That was kind of a hybrid cinematic match. Um, but, uh, tonight, uh, the special edition of dynamite will have this blood and guts, uh, main event. It's a basically war games. And and instead of, uh, uncovered cell there, there have closed sales, closed cells, which I think war games is now. Um, but either way, uh, it's, it's two rings together with the cells over top of them. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the heel team will have the advantage and it'll be, uh, you know, uh, the inner circle, which is Chris Jericho's group with, uh, Jake Hager, uh, Santana Ortiz and, uh, Sammy Guevara versus the inner circle, which is, uh, MJF, uh, uh, the FTR, which uh, used to be called the uh, Revival in WWE, um, and Sean Spears, who used to be Ty Dillinger, and Wardlow in, in that big cage match. Um, so that, that'll be the headliner of the card. Um, also on tonight's show, they're going to have uh, a singles match between Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall. Uh, basically, if, if you hadn't been following along, uh, Cody was uh, basically betrayed by QT, who is his uh, trainer at his gym. Um, and so QT broke off his own faction called The Factory. Uh, Cody still has the Nightmare family, and uh, they're going to have a singles match tonight. I, I don't see it having either a clean finish or I, I think QT wins um, because they'll set up something to happen at Double or Nothing. Um I think as far as the main event goes, I believe the pinnacle will take that one. Um, and then uh, Kenny Omega is going to team with his friend, Michael Nakazawa to take on uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Um, and, I, and I don't know how much of this you've seen, but uh, Kingston and, and Moxley are, are, are the perfect pair. Um, I, I like, I like Moxley by himself, but, but him and Kingston bring out the best in each other. And um, I think it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Uh, obviously, I think, I think Kingston and, and Moxley get the win. Um, and then uh, Brit, Dr. Britt Baker will also be in action tonight, uh, which she's obviously finally claiming the top of uh, top of the women's card, I think, is, is where they're going with that. And uh, I think it'll be... I heard she had a really good match uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, pr- pretty bloody, which kind of established her as maybe the top dog in the women's division. Yes, yeah, so uh, the blow off her feud, well, kind of blow off her feud with Thunder Rosa. They had a uh, unsanctioned lights out match, the first one ever on uh, on Dynamite on live TV. Uh, the only other unsanctioned match they had was on pay per view. 
Um, and yeah, it was it was bloody. It was brutal. Uh, I mean, you know, Britt wore the wore the crimson mask. Uh, Thunder Rosa actually took the win. Um, she hit her finisher through a table on Britt on the on the outside in a really rough looking spot. But uh, you know, and and that's you know to, to not to monopolize the conversation, but that you know they that was one of their better book feuds. Um, I think. They, they are really apt to pull the plug on something that they don't think it's working. And, and while that's great, um, it's frustrating as a fan to, uh, you know, get invested in something and then have the plug pulled on it. Um, so that, that's been my constant source of frustration with AEW at this point. But, but I think, you know, this, uh, you know, th- these feuds that are playing out tonight, uh, I think have been really well set up. Uh, MJF had the, the surprise uh, turn on the inner circle. Uh, the inner circle is now a, a face faction. Um, MJ, they were going to kick MJF out and then he debuted his new stable. Um, and it's, uh, they, you know, they beat the inner circle down, left them bloody. And, and the inner circle came back as a more serious faction. And, uh, I, I think it's going to be a really bloody, brutal match. And I think it should be, it should be pretty great. So, I misunderstood. This isn't a pay per view tonight. This is on actual free TV. Yes, this is a. It's blood and guts, but it's it's an episode of Dynamite. So like they'll do special episodes every once in a while. Like uh, Winter is coming when uh, uh, Moxley faced uh, Kenny Omega for the title. That was that was a that was Dynamite, but they called it Winter is coming. It's it was the same thing. That's it's, it's a free TV. Right. I'm sorry. Debuted. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So. Uh, Kind of uh, surprises are going to be in store. Uh, obviously, they're they're trying to build this up as a big show, so uh, you know there could be something happen that we you know nobody expected. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, like I said, it should be a great show, um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I got to get caught up on NXT. Uh, I intended to watch it last night, and I got caught up doing something else. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a lo- lot of great things going on in wrestling right now, and uh, you know, yeah, and, and that's one thing we want to tell fans. I mean, a lot of maybe bashing a lot of stuff but it's because we care as fans we want the product to get better and we especially you know want wwe to get better there they have they have the opportunity every week they put out the most television product they have the opportunity to wow us every week and and they do with smackdown and nxt right even uk to 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 a certain extent but with raw raw still struggles and i don't understand why <laughs> i just no. don't get why no i don't i don't i mean if it, i think you know we could study it for a long time and not have an answer as to, as to why they you know like, like i said i think i said it three times this episode now you know what how is this produced by the same company that produces everything else that you know that we love um i just i don't understand it and and, and the worst part is that you know raw has always been the a show it's always been the one that they've you know, had the most focus on. It's always been the one that you know. It's it's Vince's baby, you know, baby other than WrestleMania, and you know it's it's bizarre that they've allowed it to get in the state that it is, and you know, and and, and even even in that, you know, uh, you know, as I said, there's still good things going on there. Uh, you know, I think I think Bobby Lashley has been as just a phenomenal champion and, and a phenomenal. He's had a great rise from from what he was booked as. Um, I mean, I'd probably beat that into the ground, but, um, you know, I, and I, I think that, you know, Drew was a fantastic champion as well. Um, you know, just, they have good talent. They have good, good people there. I think they just need to use them better. 
So yeah, I mean they got Rhea Ripley as the women's champion, which is which is nice to see. Like I said, they got this this yeah. RK Bro thing going, which yeah, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see. It seems to be a, a thing with Riddle where he gets paired with these guys that you would you like. Like it's it's almost like a repeat of what they did in NXT with him and Pete Dunne with when mm. they were weights. Seems like they're yeah. kind of repeating that now with RK Bro. Yeah, it's 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 the odd couple pairing, um, and it it makes for fun television. Um, and, and I think I think probably Vince gets a kick out of Riddle just because he's such a goof. Yeah. Um, and I think putting him with a serious character like Orton uh, should make for a fun fun uh, storyline. And I think I believe it. Randy wanted to work with him, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that was that was kind of his call. So we'll see where that goes. Um, well, I think Randy's in the twilight of his career right now where he just mm. – I don't think he's so much worried about championships anymore as much as he is about just having fun now. I yeah. think he knows he, he's established no matter what they put him in. He's he's going to be a main eventer, and he'll never lose that status. And I think he's just got to the point where he's comfortable uh, doing what he can to maybe elevate other people. Yeah. No, and, and that's you know that's the, that's the veteran presence that, that you need and that's veteran presence that you want. Um, and, and I've, uh, from what I've seen and heard, uh, it sounds like he's become kind of the, the new undertaker in the, in the locker room, um, for, in, in some respects where he's, you know, he is the guy that people go to. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a world of difference from the guy that, you know, was, you know, making fake shit in people's bags and God knows what else he was doing back in the day. Um, I'm glad that he's taking his role as, as a veteran seriously. So, yeah, he's he's definitely he's definitely matured a lot. Yeah. So and I mean, and that happens with life. Uh, you know, we're not always gonna come right out and right out the gate and be mature and responsible. Um, and I, I'm glad that you know, you know, it's nice to see people grow up. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, man. So, uh, Jesse, unless you have anything else to add, I think we'll we'll call that an end to the episode here. Well, I want to say what you thought uh, while we got our listeners on here to see uh, we could do our first uh, edition next week of uh, Wrestling Masterpiece Theater, where we talk about the Russell crap that has gone on in the wrestling world. Uh, I want to know if you want to do uh, at least maybe half of the episode, maybe our first segment or our last segment devoted to a uh, what we call the Wrestling Masterpiece Theater. Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Uh, we, and we, we can try and uh, start working in some of the segments that we've been kind of workshopping and that that'd be the first one that that was your uh that's your baby that was your idea and, uh, i think that you be want fun. to devote the first segment to maybe talking about this past week's nxt or even the aew blood and guts we could talk about that in the first segment because i, I popped yeah i'm mean, watching that tonight too okay yeah definitely um so yeah we'll uh we'll catch you all next week with some uh some reviews some news and you know whatever else happens between now and then in the wide wild uh wacky world of wrestling uh jesse uh i'll let you tell everybody to be safe and be smart and then we'll get on out of here all right everybody uh be be safe be be cool with each other and we'll, we'll see you next week because we will preview uh what happened at blood and guts and our first edition of wrestling masterpiece theater all right good night tv peeps good. All right, later on, folks. <laughs>